everybody. Welcome back to another R&R. Remnant Revealed. Here we go. It's a great day. We're still going, churning them out. Yes, we are. TGIF. Thank <laughs> God it's Friday. Oh, man. Guess what's coming up Sunday? What's that? Daylight savings time. Oh, yeah, Bob. Oh, I hate it. I hate it every year. It it jacks me. I hate it. Seems like uh, it's so wrong. Just sit tight and just let things be. Everything's so dark, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. I, you know what I? I, I, dark, I don't mind cold home weather. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just everything's dark. You know, people really do truly battle that. Oh yeah. Um. There's there's got to be some kind of physical side effects to do it. Totally. There yeah. totally is. Um. Your vitamin D three, mm-hmm. your vitamin D drops, mm-hmm. which have you ever noticed that people kind of sometimes battle uh, like uh, the mully, what we would call the mully grubs, almost a, a low level lying depression type thing in the winter. I've never heard that phrase in my life. Yeah, what mully grub? Mm-hmm. You've never, never heard? heard? Shut up! No, you have never heard the term mully grub. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Really? Is that a back home thing? Yeah, it probably is. Okay. All right. Yeah. Mully grab. That means you're you're just like uh, I don't know. Just kinda cranky. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Indifferent. Not really yeah. Not really cranky, just like Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Molly grabs. Yeah, Molly grabs. That's mm. Molly grabs. But <clears throat> they actually have physiologically linked that to the winter months. Yeah. Because you're not outside in the sun. Which you get Your massive loads of vitamin D, so you get a vitamin D deficiency. Um, you're you're not getting what you need from the sun, so it's I, I do it every year. I take vitamin D three supplements, mm-hmm. um, just uh, just to keep that purposefully flowing in my body, and I I notice a a change. I notice a difference. Can you feel it by taking? Oh yeah. It? You sure can. You don't hit that kind of dive uh, when the winter winter months come, and you're not. And I love being outside. You know, I love to fish and bass fish and all that. So I like when I can. I wonder if that even compounds even further. Like, uh, what about for the officers that are working night shift and they're always out in the dark and sleeping during the day? <clears throat> Absolutely, during the day and then yep. changing <clears throat> in time. I, tell, I mean, I know that you feel it. I worked late, late shift for quite some time. Me too. Right? Yep. And you're just in a whole different universe really, you are. when you're doing that. I think I kept Rolaids and Tums. Uh, yeah, because your, your body's completely out of whack. Yeah, I should have bought all the stock time. in that company. Cause. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so you're you're always out of sorts. Yeah. Maybe a, maybe I should have known it was called Molly Grubs. Yeah. Well, hmm. see, if you had diagnosed it properly, then you no could doubt. have had you know, you could have been working on a cure all this time. <laughs> you just, you just didn't know what what to call it. You were just calling it late tack or late shift or uh, mully yeah. grub. But it's really the the scientific name is mully grubs. Mully grubs. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, I definitely think that uh, it's a time of year where you uh, where you see a lot of that. You know, and uh, people just feeling sluggish and. Um, right, drained all the time. Yep. It's funny you can see it right as the seasons change, right? And That's you can right. see it in people that you're interacting with and whatnot, not just yourself but others yeah. as well. 
So, of course, we're not doctors here, and we're not trying to prescribe anything for people just telling you what I do personally. Right, right. Uh, you can get uh, vitamin D3 mm-hmm. gel caps. Mm-hmm. I take four, maybe five of those. Uh, I think they're like 500 milligrams a piece. Mm-hmm. So a couple of thousand milligrams uh, in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it definitely does have an effect. Wow. It does strengthen you and um, keeps you keeps your attitude good, right? All right. Now... It, Attitude is altitude. Everybody's got to work on their attitude. That's that's up to you. I I I can't make you handle yourself and your attitude. You have to work on that. Mm-hmm. That's a choice you make every day. Mm-hmm. Um, are we pull, having an intervention right now? Yeah, we are. I just wanted to let you know right. you're you, you seemed very intense. Yeah, your wife's been sharing. <laughs> no, just kidding. Everybody on your job, they they've been calling me. I'm, this is why I've been stressed. I've been praying a lot about yeah, it. No, well, that's just, good. No, no, it it really is because these months mm-hmm. seem to affect attitude more than normal. Um, I know you know officers deal with people that are normally not happy to see you when you arrive on the scene. So, yeah. um, be interesting to know if there's some kind of uh, data that shows some kind of outcome related to all that complaints go up on officers. Um, it would there be more. Now that would be a very great, testy yeah, or it'd be a great study or, uh, you know, what happens with domestics even in the, in the winter months mm-hmm. or um, in those changing of the seasons and that yeah. time change frame yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I can just, I can tell you right now, daylight savings time is from hell. I mean, it's, <laughs> there's no, the only salvation for that a is just to tell the truth. A man-created issue, right? A right. man-created thing. Right. God didn't make that. Right. And if he had wanted you to work all night long, he would have put, uh, you wouldn't need extra help to see in the dark. Right. 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 Hmm. Duh. It's, I mean, it's a no-brainer. So, um, you know, uh, <laughs> it, uh, Every time people, I mean, you think about it, that's what man does all the time, right? He's tried to change time, extend time, erase time, go back in time. Um, we take what God created to work in a proper way. Right. And then you alter it. Right. And then you complain, not you personally, but, you know, people complain about the results they get. Sure. Do you know people that work midnight shift in plants and things like that? They will tell you their productivity drops. Mm-hmm. They will tell you that accident incidents increase. They will tell you that product quality drops. All these things that they already know happen because people are working when they should be asleep. Mm. You do not have the mental clarity that you normally would or should have during daylight hours because you were designed by God your eyes work in light. You were designed by God to be awake. I think that's, I think most people are coming to the realization that's probably one of the number one challenges in law enforcement, right? Is sleep deprivation. Oh, yeah. It's really, you know, <clears throat> you'll hear in fire service the number one health uh, problem is cancer. Right, and they tie that to smoke inhalation right. and all, all those the, other things, yeah, the exposure to things yeah. and whatnot. And then in law enforcement, it's heart disease, heart attacks, coronary 
disease, all these other things. But really with the coronary disease, I think if you keep working back from that, you invariably find it has a lot to do not only with the regular day-to-day stresses of the job and other things, but also this issue of sleep deprivation. And and then, of course, that would be 100% accurate because you have even the medical community now with sleep apnea, you know, everybody's got sleep apnea, uh, swallowing their tongue or, you know, sounds like a cow sucking on your face when you're trying to sleep and you lose your breath. That's you a quit different breathing. perspective. I yeah, there you go. Never thought cow. of it that way. Okay. Sorry. Just <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're trying to breathe through this cow tongue and, and it, you know, and you're, yeah. and then you stop breathing. Well, if you are sleep deprived, that means you're not getting the amount of REM sleep you need. Yeah. Your body's not relaxing. You're not getting the rest that you need uh, for your body and your heart and the organs that you have to do what they need to do to bring your body down to a calm state. Well, and I can guarantee you that many watching us <clears throat> who are officers can relate to that, but also their family members oh, they're wa- oh, yeah. on this sleep deprivation issue, right? Sure. And, uh, you know, I think about it's the shift work plus it's the what, what the general public doesn't realize. It's also the on-call status. Yes. So, it isn't like other jobs where you go in, you punch the clock, and when you punch out, you're done. Right. right? It really never shuts off for most officers. That's right. And then they're on call. And then you've got electronic devices that are going off all the time, right. all through the night. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I think I've even shared with you, there's been times where I may get sleep, you know, in 20-minute increments because, I'm, you know, you're getting updates or you're getting uh, a... a uh, we always say pages from the old pagers, right. but the text uh, of an update or a critical incident that's occurred or whatever the case may be. And so it <clears> never <throat> it never ends. Which means you actually do not get sleep. Right. Because your body never truly... it w- Once your brain knows that you're working on an issue, yeah. you may doze, but you never really get sleep because your brain and your body is waiting. Right through that 20 minutes that you think you're sleeping. Right. It's it's just your body hitting pause saying, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to get an update in 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I I don't want to jerk awake, so I'm going to slowly just not go deep into uh, sleep and get the rest that my body needs. So you don't. Well, and that doesn't even include the hypervigilance issue of officers right. coming home, right? Neither does your wife or your husband that's in the bed with you. Right. Um, I had a uh, officer's wife tell me that not only did he have to get a sleep apnea machine, they wound up having to shave off part of his tongue in the back to thin it out enough wow. to where he wasn't choking. Right. himself to death in the middle of the night. Right. The The only problem was they didn't realize that his wife, who had been going to the doctor thinking she had some kind of chemical she, yeah. imbalance, that every she never got into a REM sleep because, because every time he would, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, do, do that. that to try to, yeah, do mm-hmm. that. To get his breath in the middle of the night, it was something like a hundred and something times. So she's uh, not getting any sleep. No, she's not because 
Because just the jerking of his body, right. trying to take that breath, would wake her up enough to just keep her out of that sleep. So once he got that equipment and had that surgery, he laid down. Their first night sleeping again, mm-hmm. she woke up. She thought she was a different person. Mm-hmm. He thought she was a different person. She was, yeah. Right. Because she actually got a night's sleep. So it's uh, for those of you watching us today and listen to this, I mean, this is a real deal. It's a big impact. Yeah. I mean, you hear a lot of people, <clears throat> you hear people talk about it a lot, right? Yeah. It's just not getting rest, not getting <clears throat> sleep. And then you got to fight yourself. And then, yeah. As an officer, because you know you have to act professionally. Right. And that the community and politicians and people and prosecutors and people that are looking for a reason. Yeah. anymore yeah. to file charges against you right. as an officer. So you know you you can't let um, lack of sleep or sleep deprivation cause you to be a way you shouldn't be. Which while further you're, compounds it. That right? further compounds it because then you're anxious about that too, right? Yeah, because we're in a day and an age where people <clears throat> spend more time looking for flaws and fault than looking for solutions. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we're operating in an environment. I was just having a discussion with a group of officers uh, just this week, as a matter of fact, and uh, talking to them about the you know current events and the environment and all the stressors <clears throat> and all that thing. But in that, reminding them that, hey, like it or not, for all those issues and challenges, we were placed here at this time for a reason. That's right. Right. And, uh, you know, it was, it was fascinating because it was a, a large group of officers and it was kind of in a, you know, like a, I don't even know what the right words are, but like a lecture hall where they're, you're on the lower level and then the, the classes, the seats go up. Right. So you could see them, see their faces clearly, all of them. And you could just see them nodding and recognizing this thing, right. That even in the middle of, uh, the, as great of a struggle as we're in the uh the opportunity but also how it humbles you that you realize oh my gosh yeah we're the ones standing in the line right now in the right. middle of all of this <clears throat> and that was part of the message that I was trying to encourage them with is you talk to officers retired coppers that were working in the 50s 60s 70s in some pretty trying times and situations and oh, riots yeah. and oh yeah monumental changes in our country and all these other things. And I would always, I always do. I always ask them, have you ever seen it like this? Right? Because I know that younger, newer folks, they always think they've got it worse than anybody ever has, or it's the first time they're ever going through it. Right. And it's not, but I asked them, have you ever seen it like this? And to a person, to a person, they have said, not like this. Yeah. Not like this. Yeah. Well, that can be depressing, but um, to then think, though, they plowed the ground that we stand on today. They went through all their challenges right. to get to this point, and now here <clears throat> we stand confronting a time and place where most no one alive today has ever seen it like that. But I think it also speaks again to the great power of the human spirit, the warrior spirit, the person who steps up to do this great job mm-hmm. because these young officers have never known it any different. Now, they've heard stories, 
but they've never known the circumstances of what they're about to undertake to be any different than it is right now. And that's a good so point. So they'll but, rise. But here's one thing with that. Okay. They've also never known they've never known it any different, so they've never known that it can be better. That's that's right. Right? And so that's why we're quickly seeing these younger newer officers. There is no I, I not like an absolute, but there's much fewer you don't see the projection for as many 30-year careers, 35-year, exactly. 25-year Well, careers. Well, because that's all you can handle. Even 20-year careers. I mean, we're seeing folks that are doing this job, <clears throat> and they're punching out at five years because they're saying, uh, this isn't this. sustainable. Yeah. And you know what? They're not wrong. Right. Um, and so I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I get what you're saying. There's a lot of value in not knowing any better, but there's yeah. also a trap of not knowing but here's what what it comes back to. They don't know that it can be better, so there's not a lot of hope for them. Yeah. They feel like it's a hopeless situation. So how many years how many years when we're in war as a nation does an average soldier spend in battle? Well, I mean you have like tours, right? Right. So a, a one year deployment or That's a normal Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Now it, here in the last twenty years since we were in Iraq and Afghanistan and some guys pulled more than one deployment, but still, it was they would go in for twelve months. At those terms, yeah. Those I just terms. had a, I just right? had a guy that was in special operations, and that's what he says to officers. Hey, listen, I <clears throat> I would be in it, but then I always got to come back home. Right. So now, so now, think in these five year terms that yeah. you just said for right. a younger officer. That's every day, all night, all day every day of their life for a total that's right consecutive five years of like when you have murders at a high degree when you have uh, children being killed or wounded mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. horrible seeing human bodies in horrible condition for five straight years 10 straight years think of, now think about a 40 year. 45-year right. officer who has seen that for a total. It's the uh, cumulative effect of acute trauma. And that's what that's what many people don't think uh, of. No, right? they don't. Well, because that officer that. still is approaching your car yeah. with some professionalism or candor, or they're still dealing with you in your circumstance. Helping you. Helping you. What you don't realize is that all that stuff that they've pushed down, pushed back, it has an effect on your body. Yeah. It has an effect on you as a human. You can't stop that. Right. right. Or you would be a robot or you would be, you know, everybody says, well, I don't, you know, these officers, they're like a robot. They used to, no, they're not. Right. And their body and their, probably their medical report at the end of their retirement can show you they're not a robot. That's why the life expectancy of officers once they retire are much less than the much general population. That's right. right. It's because of the cumulative effects of acute trauma, stress, yeah. all those sleep deprivation, all hip, those hip replacements all from ties wearing together. their duty belt, back surgeries, hip surgeries, yep. not counting the injuries they had while they were on the job, broken fingers, twisted arms, trying to uh, not hurt someone. You know, you learn. Um, I I taught karate for many years, right? Mm-hmm. 
You know, you know who was the most dangerous person in the room? The white belt that was just starting. Right. Because he had no control. Uh, he didn't know how to stop his kick. Mm. Uh, you were doing everything you could do not to hurt him with a reaction because he's trying to learn. So he takes a kick at your groin mm -hmm. and he nails you. Mm -hmm. You're on the floor, mm -hmm. right? Not because he meant to do that. They always you can always see in their eyes. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. And you could have stopped it, but to stop it would have hurt him mm -hmm. or her. The, the the person who becomes the most dangerous is the person who knows the least, mm -hmm. right? In that scenario, take that to the street. What people don't realize is many times officers get hurt trying not to hurt the person or have them hurt themselves that they're trying to yeah, that's arrest. True. That's true. If the officer didn't have to think that way, they could probably not wind up with as many injuries as they do mm -hmm. because then they would overpower them, not just rise above their level enough to get them contained. You hear folks in the military talk about that too, right? <clears throat> yep. Hey, even when I'm in the middle of that, I, I'm I'm dealing with my my mission is overwhelming force. That's right, right? Where you where officers on In a daily basis are using measured that measured approaches. Force. That's right. right, and that's much more challenging. So, um, and dangerous, and dangerous, and dangerous. That's right. Yeah, because they're continuously reacting when you're when you're in armed forces and you are dealing with a situation. You can also go on the offensive. That's right, uh, and use that offensive to stop any other aggression quickly. So one of the things that we were talking about was I was asking you. So how do you take all that, right? It, because this was what came up in talking to this group of officers. It's one thing to say, never been through this. Some of the toughest challenges we've ever seen. Our profession is on the brink of having some kind of distinct <clears throat> uh, shift. Right. For good or worse, better or worse. Right. But the one thing that I kept reiterating to the group of officers is this. But what's the constant in all this? The constant is this. If you um, strip away all this other junk and just get back to the basics of what our purpose is, what our mission is, right? Right which, by the way, is constitutional policing, right? right. Um, what does that invariably drill back down to? Well, to cut to the chase, when you talk that out and talk that through, you get back to this concept of a very basic premise of we're here to stand the line between good and evil. That's right. And what you quickly see when you pull back and see that bigger picture is that's been the challenge since the beginning of time which we just talked about, people try to alter and change, right? Right. right. Um, that you do, we don't control. We don't control time. That's right. Um, time can control us, but we don't control time. But if you go all the way back to the beginning of time, what did it all lead back to? This issue of good and evil. And evil, that's right. And so then coppers say, okay, <clears throat> I can wrap my mind around that, right? That's... But that's the point, and I think the value of saying, let's get back to basics, focus on what we're here to do. But in doing that, sometimes it sounds and seems and can be too simplistic for officers. Well, and see, 
Everybody wants to make it complicated. That's right. Now, officers love a challenge. They now, would cops not would be say doing. they don't want it complicated. Yeah, but, but they really do. They really do. Because they because that high D personality. There's cops do this job because it's a challenge. They go out and they deal with people yeah. every day. There's always something different that goes on every day. They love the challenge. Um, you know, whatever that challenge is. You accepted the challenge of the academy. Well, you accept the, the challenge, challenge of SWAT they, training. Yeah. You, I mean, once you lose the challenge, you're in trouble. Yeah. Right? Emotionally, mentally, spiritually, we like to be challenged. Their edge gets dull. So when it's simple, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, well, where's the challenge in that? Um, when we talk about life is simple... The challenge really is in keeping it simple. So maintaining it. Maintaining it. I, I challenge you to maintain the simplicity of life within your life, meaning turning yourself towards someone that is all life, that strengthens your life, the warrior spirit on the inside. Hmm. You got that spirit from him. Mm-hmm. He gave you that spirit. All right. Don't overcomplicate it when he says to you, um, I gave you that spirit. You come to me. I can help you maintain that spirit. The world and the scenarios of the world are going to overcomplicate life. That's why you're here. You're Mm -hmm. here to help human beings deal with complicated things they've caused. Mm -hmm. And then you add an unseen force of demons and demon spirits and darkness and evil evil activity mm-hmm. into your world, which they bring it into your world. You're not the evil. You're to be the good. So then the humans that love that, that operate in that, bring that into your world. Well, now you start thinking complicated on how you're going to, when what, and I'm going to say God. I'm going to use the word God because that's who gives you your spirit. Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't have it without him. He he has a simple plan. But he has a simple plan that requires you doing that every day. Now, you're, you're an officer. You learned discipline. Mm. You're a military. You learned discipline. And you can't even keep a clean kitchen without discipline. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Don't overcomplicate this. You Houses you go into, if somebody in that house was disciplined, it'd be clean. And we wouldn't have the issues we have in some homes. If parents were disciplined, their children would behave because they would have already dealt with them before you got there. If you were a disciplined driver, you would... Obey the speed limit. Now, I get every once in a while we make a mistake or cause an accident. That's why it's called an accident. Or we do things. But if you were disciplined in your driving habits, you're paying attention to the speed limit. So let's get a little deeper here. So we talked about this line that separates good from evil. I think for officers especially, even if they're not a believer or, or they you know they don't have um, 
a, a higher calling in their life, a, a higher focus, right? Uh, something bigger than themselves. Yeah, they're not aware of it. Oh, that's right. Or they, they don't have the it. awareness of that yes. or they push it away. It's there. This is the question I think is a value for people to ponder, right? So you stand the line between good and evil. So there is good. That means that there is evil. Which is easier to be? Is it easier to be on the evil side of the line or is it easier to be on the good side of the line? I think most people would tell you and most officers would tell you, well, duh, it's easier to be on the evil side of the line, right? Because there's, you don't worry about the rules. You don't follow the rules. See what, but you see the mentality that they're thinking of. Yeah. And I think the great secret is when officers discover that in reality, it's actually easier to stand on the good side of the line when you have it in the proper context and you're utilizing the proper resources and tools. That's right. Which is, I think, what you were saying, which is God makes clear life is only hard because you're overcomplicating it by moving away from the perfect design I've created. That's right. Which, by the way, goes all the way back to the beginning of time. To the beginning of time. That's what, what Adam did. That's exactly it was not right. complicated for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Right. They just followed what God said do, and they did it, right? Mm. It's not complicated, okay? So put it in your world, in our world. It's not complicated when people do what an officer does. Let's say, let's say a crowd is leaving uh, uh, the Colts game, mm-hmm. all right? Let's say they're leaving the Colts game. And when people are leaving and they do what the officer says and go the direction he points and does what he says, it's a breeze, yeah. You can empty tens of thousands of people from a building out a door. Right. Right? Six foot door. Take them right out mm-hmm. when they do what you say. Mm-hmm. Now, let that crowd think there's a fire. Mm-hmm. Now, see how complicated that gets in everyone listening to that officer's voice. Are they going to do that? No, they're going to run in mass. Somebody's going to get hurt. People Now, that officer knows that. But at that moment, he cannot control everyone. Same issue in life. That's because it becomes every man for himself. That's right. right? So survival mm-hmm. trains you, do whatever you have to do to preserve yourself or those that you love around you. So... When you start looking at the complication of what sin, of what not following instruction brings, it should be very easy for an officer to go, wow, I never thought about that in concept to God because God tells you what to do. Keep it simple. If you obey him, Mm -hmm. then you get everybody out of the building, quote unquote, off this planet with joy and peace. And they wind up in his presence forevermore. When you complicate that mm-hmm. because of all the things in life that go on around you, uh, then people, and they, they'll maul you. They run over you. They go crazy. So think about it. It's easier for... It's easier to be on that evil side of the line when you're when you're in that mode of every man for themselves, which yeah. means you're living for yourself. That's you're right. self-centered. You're only caring about what happens to you. Most people will say that. Well, that's an easier way of living, right? I can I can control what I'm doing. I can't control all these other. Well, it's right. not about that, right? right? It's actually about the opposite. It's that's actually right. about surrender. <laughs> that's right. But 
but to say, if you take that and God says, listen, don't overcomplicate this, get back to basics, simplify your life and come back to a simple, simple structure here. That's right. That is for your good, not for your harm. And in doing that, it's going to bless other people, not just you. right? Right. And then you add to that. And then in the middle of a time where evil seems to be running rampant in our world, people have never seen it like this. He called you, you watching us, to stand that line between the two. Right. And really, if you envision our job is to grab the people on the evil side and try to pull them over onto the good side, right? And then also protect those that are over on that good side. That's a high, high calling. But I think for officers, they say that's such a difficult task. How can I, how can I stand in that and weather that, right? Yeah. Weather those challenges or whatever. Yeah. And I think this is what we were talking about is the great secret is God gives you examples in here when he does very, what seem like very basic, simple things that have huge, profound outcomes. Have great, they have great outcomes. And, and even the person that he tells to do it, are, they're like, why didn't you make it harder? Right. So then their challenge becomes. Oh, well, think about what you just said there. So God tries to do something for someone that helps them. It's very simplistic. That's right. And the person pushes back and says, how's that going to work? It's got to be harder than that. Why didn't you make it harder for right. me? It's insanity. But, it's insanity. Right. Yeah. But that is exactly what happens. Yeah. So maybe we could give some examples yeah, from the share. owner's manual here. Yeah, I was going to share with you today. This um, there's a story of a great. He he's a great commander of a king's army. This guy's no he's no fluffy puffy mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. He you go through God's words, you're not going to find many sissy people. Mm-hmm. Th- these are great men and women of great life challenges. Uh, I. I Man, I get in people's face quick when they talk about the Bible being some weak little thing and and it's only weak people that read the Bible. Some of the greatest mighty military men and women in the world in history had their Bible or the Word of God that they dealt with in their life. This is not a sissy book. Here's this great man. He's a great warrior. He is a great leader, a great commander of an entire army. Mm Mm-hmm. He has one problem. He has contracted the disease leprosy. Now, if you don't know much about leprosy, let me explain a little bit about leprosy. Because most of the time, that's a disease that we think about being in other third world countries. Well, And it still is here on the planet. Well, that's what I was going to say. Most people don't even think it still exists. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can take you to some leprosy colonies right now in India and some other nations that still have this horrible disease in their world. Hmm. Uh, Man, you get covered over with flesh-eating, pussy sores that eat away at your living flesh until it rots and falls off your body. Hmm. You lose digits. You lose nose. You lose eyes. You lose ears. You lose until you are so grotesque. And it's so infectious that even if cloth that has it on it you come in contact with or the person you come in contact with, uh, you get it on you, it spreads like crazy. Mm. So somehow this commander got this it. commander 
gets this disease, uh, le- this leprous disease. So uh, he's such a loved military man of his king that the king says, we got to find some help from you somewhere. Well, they've done everything they can. Normally in the culture of, of when this story's written, this it, it's over. It's a death sentence. You get it. There's no oh, yeah. hope. When I had cancer back in the 1980s, you know the the thought and understanding of the of the HIV virus and of AIDS mm-hmm. and transfusions and how that could be it we were still learning about mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. at that time, people thought, man, if you even if you had saliva or uh, sat yeah. on a commode seat and yeah. somebody had you you could get HIV. Now we know better than that now. But mm-hmm. then when I had to have my lung removed uh, with the tumor in it. It was a big decision, an issue of whether or not I would get a transfusion during surgery. Mm-hmm. Because, fear. oh, huge fear. fear. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. I remember when he, if you remember, when he came out and mm-hmm. said, I have the HIV virus, in his mind, he talked about going to the doctor and sitting at the team doctor and the team doctor saying, his first question was, am, am I going to die? Is right. this it? Right. I need to start, you know, finishing up everything. I'm going to die. I mean, he played a game uh, where he got cut. Mm-hmm. And not only did the crowd freak out, but all the players freaked out mm-hmm. because everybody was afraid his blood was going to touch them and then they were going to get infected. And so it was a big scare. So I, I chose and my family, we talked. I didn't have time to get a transfusion uh, or get their blood doned. Mm-hmm. So I said, I don't want a transfusion. Mm-hmm. It was too much of a risk. I'm already battling cancer. I don't want HIV on mm-hmm. top of that. So it, it when you are told you have leprosy, it's that kind of a scenario. How long do I have? Yeah. Now, normally they would segregate you to a leper colony, mm-hmm. and you would be put outside into an, your own community where everybody just dies. Right. Right? right. Body parts fall off, you die. That's mm-hmm. your future. Woo, great future. Here's this guy and this little handmaiden, this little maid tells him, I know a guy. Now where's this at in the This is in, in this is in Second Kings in the Old Testament, Second Kings, chapter five, and uh, and it talks about that uh, the king of Aram loved Naaman and he had been a great warrior for him. He was a commander of his army. And so uh, he had helped him gain many victories as the king. So he's struggling with this leprosy. The king's like, I got to find some help for you. I need this guy. Just like we say to all all the cops I know, I tell them all the time, we need you. Don't you let anybody, don't let the world, don't let all this mouth Mm. in this world tell you you're not needed. We need you. We want you. We need you. The, the, our communities need you. Yeah. So don't forget that. Um, don't listen so much to the negative garbage that you don't listen to the positive mm-hmm. conversation. So this little girl says, hey, I, I know a prophet in Samaria, a man of God in Samaria. And uh, and if you go see him, he, you he'll know what to do about this leprosy. Well, Naaman gets in his mind. The king says, you go. You go visit this guy. You go visit this man of God. Try it. 
<clears throat> so he said, I'll send a letter introducing you. We'll do it the right way. Every cop knows chain of command, proper mm-hmm. order, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to send a letter to the king, and then he'll, so that you're introduced, because I don't want him to think we're coming for war. So just to let him know, you got an issue, want to go see the, the preacher, if I could say that. We're going to mm-hmm. go see the man of God. And I'm going to send some gifts with you. I've got some silver and some gold, about 150 pounds of gold. How many of us would like to have that? 750 pounds of silver um, and uh, 10 sets of clothes. Now, the clothes that they would send in that day were royal clothes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're fine, the finest that you can buy, that you can get. Gold thread, silk, the finest silk. I mean, man, it's it's done up right, right? So he shows up at the, at the preacher's house, Elisha, the man of God. He hears that he's coming, and, uh, and he doesn't even go out to see him. He just tells uh, his helper, uh, his staff member, he says, okay, what's his deal? He said, well, he's got leprosy. He came to see you. Little girl told him that if, uh, if, if he would come see you, that you would know what to do. He said, well, I know what to do. So he says, all right, what do you want me to tell him? He says, you go tell him to dip in the Jordan River seven times. That's it. That's it. Just go dunk yourself in this river, and it's a muddy river. I've baptized people many years, many times. It's a muddy river. Dip yourself in there seven times. That's it. Nothing special about the water. Nothing special about... What's going on? It's not like some magical water. It's not like other stories in the Bible where an angel comes and troubles the water. It's somebody riffer. I'm thinking about cops, and I've seen it multiple times right. where you tell them something, and that's exactly their response. That's it. That's it. Or you want me to do what? Yeah. <laughs> what? 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 Are you crazy? Yeah. Uh-huh. So Naaman, he tells him, you do that, your skin will be restored like that of a child. Hmm. Now, now, Naaman looks past or over the end result because he can't get his mind wrapped around the steps to get there. So Naaman is the <clears throat> commander. That's right. Right. Be like a top-level cop. Too, yeah. And he's the one that's being told, go dip into yeah. the Jordan River seven yeah. times. That'll take care of it. But he doesn't but just tell being... him what to do. He also tells him what will happen if he does. But he's not even telling him directly. No. He's, he's told somebody else, just right. go tell so him So he's do ticked this. off. I brought all this stuff to yeah, this guy. Yeah, So here's what he says. Does he know who I am? Yeah. Here's, he <laughs> says, well, I would, I would have at least thought he would have come out with some pomp and circumstance, and, and he would have come out and made some big show in front of me because that's what he was used to. That's what he brought, too. and that, or That's right. And that's what he was used to in his nation. Mm-hmm. But Elisha said, I don't, I, you're not coming to me. Mm. You're coming to God. Mm. I'm just going to tell you what God said. Mm. Go do this, and you will be restored. Your skin will be restored like that of a child. Well, you're not, you're not going to come out yourself. You're not going to come out and beat a drum and shake a stick and shout and holler and dance around. You're not going to come out and 
and see what a great man I see. Really, it becomes about about you, self-centered. That's right, self-centered. Hmm. So he says, "No, not doing that. Go to Jordan, dip seven times. Your skin will be restored." So he gets ticked off. Well, this little maid says, "Come on, dude." Just try it. If he if he had have told you some huge major deal to do, you would have done it in a heartbeat. Yeah, all these steps. All yeah. yeah. Why why are you struggling with this? It's simple. Mm. It's like vitamin D three. Mm. If you would just take some vitamin D three, it might help you with this sleep deprivation, not getting enough sun thing. Right. Right. Well, I ain't gonna do that. Uh, vitamin D three. You mean like a vitamin? That's it. Well, that's all. <laughs> So he's 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 thinking he's not going to do it. Hmm. So he would rather go back to his nation covered in leprosy knowing he's going to bring a death sentence in his life. He'd rather die than do something simple. Hmm. Now I know well you're cutting close for not only humans <laughs> but officers who do yeah. things that they know have a high probability. I'm not talking about a call they get. I'm talking about life. Right. Right? Right. They would rather do that than to make simple changes that could give them longevity of life, health in life, health emotionally, soulishly, and strengthen their warrior spirit. They would rather choose their own way than to do something simple that God would tell them to do. <clears throat> you know, I remember um I remember uh an officer that was uh very ill and uh was suffering and was going to pass, knew that he was going to die. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's that way for everybody in that position when you see that the end is near and you believe that and you know that. Um you suddenly get very serious about a lot of these issues that we're discussing. Come on. Right. That's right. And, uh, I, you know, it's you often in those times, uh, it's the same thing, right? Who do they want to talk to? Do they want to talk to the, uh, do they want to talk to the mayor? They want to talk to the governor. They want to talk to their chief of police. Right. They want to talk to a chaplain, a pastor, a preacher, a prophet, just like right here. Yep. They're going to them because they know they deal in the arena that they're getting ready to enter in their mind. Right. And, uh, you know, that's usually where if a person hasn't given their life uh, to Christ, haven't um, submitted and surrendered to that, it's in that moment that they do that uh, often. Right. And, uh, you know, they they ask for that and they – they they pray a prayer of surrender right and uh to to follow and and really lay down their life spiritually to that right while at the same time they know that they're laying down their physical body and i just remember the, uh, the time of that happening and as soon as the prayer was done the officer saying what that's it that's all there is that's all i have to do yeah. And yeah. what's what tears me up with that is that officers will go their whole life, many, many, many years through horrible 
experiences that are man-made and also self-created that they've created themselves trying to find overcomplicated ways to deal with the stresses in life drinking drugging uh, pornography gambling spending money all those other things right and uh, the third fourth fifth wife or husband or whatever the case may be and then they get to the end of the road and they finally stop and say well okay i'll try Tell me what I got to do. And then this is the same response. That was, that's it. That's it. I could have been doing that all along. Tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Praise God that they took that step. And that's right. We're all going to live eternally. That's the other part people forget. We're all eternal beings. Absolutely. You know, some people say, well, I don't believe. So I just think that when I die, I die and that's it. Well, got bad news. Uh, We're all eternal. But here's the good news. <laughs> That's right. You can place your faith in something <clears throat> that is a wonderful eternal existence. Um, and then somebody finally figures that out right before they transition, if you will. Through the door of eternity. And, you, and, you, you have and, to, and your choices are over then. I have to believe. That's right. I have to believe. I, I can't imagine the pain that must be in a way to think. I could have done this so long so ago. So long ago. And how different could have things yeah. have been. And you could have had that. And you know, instantly peace comes on that person. Yeah. E- even at it. the edge of death. And their family can see it. And their friends can see it. And that they thank right. me. They thank us. Yeah. They thank those who deal with that. That's kind of our role, right, in life. And they thank us for that because they see the peace come. Well, you could have been walking in that peace all along. Mm. You are a peace provider. You are a peacekeeper. So it would be good if you would have a deep relationship with he who is peace, right? Because the greater that level of his presence in your life, the greater the level of peace is in your life, the more you can reveal to people when you deal with them about peace. And so let's just talk about that. I know we're getting toward the end here, but and maybe we talk about it in the next time we get together. But you know, I think there's gonna there's gonna be an officer. There's an officer right now. Right there's, now, I guarantee you, there's yeah. a spouse right now. Yeah, maybe even a child of an officer that is saying, "How can we find that peace in our lives?" Right, and when you tell them, you know. You do it by just saying, I can't do it, right? Yeah. And and I need help. Help me. <clears throat> and they place their faith in the one who can do that. The natural, normal reaction will be, is that all there is? Is that it? The answer is yes, but it's about stripping away all the other junk and getting back to basics, a that's basic, right. simple design that the creator... If you have something that's designed, somebody had to design it. Somebody had to make it. The creator has put in place for you, for your well-being, for your good. That's right. Um, And, you know, I think about you got this story here in the Old Testament, but then I think about in the New Testament where there's example after example. And, again, if you knock, knock the dust off of this and get in this book, you'll read it for yourself. That's right. Where Jesus, when he's walking on earth, People turn to him. They see something in him, and they say, "Help me! I can't do this on my own." That's right. And you got example after example of that in de- various ways, and in every one of them, 
he simply addresses what is going on in their life. And you see them, a lot of times it's the same reaction. That Was that it? You know, when he told the paralytic, do you want to be uh, or, or healed, right? And, and what did he tell him? All the reasons why he couldn't be. That's exactly right. And then he's, yeah. he, he's like, oh, I didn't ask you why you couldn't be or why right. you haven't been. I'm asking, ask do you, you want to do be? Do you want to be right That's now. right. Yeah. And then when he <clears throat> says yes, what did Jesus tell him to yeah. do? Well, get up, take your bed, go home. Then. Pick up your mat and go. Yeah. Right. And people said, that's it. Yeah. Right. But it <clears throat> isn't the action. It isn't the, uh. It really isn't even the process, which is hard for officers to grasp because right. that's all we deal with. It's not even about the process. It's about the simple decision to say, I'll follow you. I'm going to put my and trust, trust, trust there you go. in you because so, I know I can't do it. So Naaman does this with this prophet, with, the, with right. the preacher. He's like, okay, little girl, I get it. Okay. All right. You're right. I, I'm being a little... Hard-headed, stubborn mm-hmm. here. I don't know any hard-headed, stubborn cops. I don't know about <laughs> you. but mm. Anyway, there was a lot of sarcasm in that. So he goes down. He dips seven times. Now, what God said to him through the prophet, through the preacher, he dips seven times. He comes out. His skin is white as snow. It's so just just, like a baby. He just tried. He just tried. He just said, okay, all right. I'll trust. Now, I'm going to verify Yeah. because I'm on a dip seven times. Right. And I'm going to see what happens. But I'm going to trust that what he said to do, I'm going to do it. All right. I'll take him at his word then. Now, instantly in everybody's mind, because we mentioned gold and silver and clothes and all that, mm. probably a lot of people are thinking, okay, well, here's the catch. He's going back. He's going to give this preacher all of his stuff. Just so you know, the rest of the story, the preacher wouldn't take all of his stuff. Because mm-hmm. to the preacher, it wasn't about him. It was about Naaman receiving what he came for. And he didn't want all of his stuff. And he wasn't looking for all of his stuff. He cared about Naaman, mm. just like you and I care about all of these officers right now and all their families and love them and care for them. Men and women we've never, ever personally met. That's right. But we love you nonetheless. Never met you, but we know you. But we know you. That's right. That's right. And we want you to be blessed. We want you to have a great career. We want you to have a great life. Not just the career. Man, we love and care for all of our retired cops. That's right. We want them to have a great retirement. We want their marriages to be strong. We want their children to be strong. We want their life. We want them hugging, loving, throwing their grandbabies up in the air and Mm -hmm. catching them and laughing and giggling. And Man, we want you to be blessed. And that's why we do what we do with this. That's what... Remnant Revealed was about. It's what R&R was about. And like this guy, no strings attached. No strings attached. He didn't attach anything to it. He just said, go down there, dip seven times in a muddy river. I know to you it doesn't make sense, but if you just do it, you'll start seeing the results. Just try it. Get just your Bible out. Tell Jesus, Lord, I can't do this by myself. I need you to come into my life Fill me with your presence. I'll start reading your general orders 
yep. and see what happens. Watch the consequences. Watch the rewards. Uh, they're there. Yeah. Push the button. Enact the magic button. <laughs> Everybody's looking for something magic, but no, trust. Just try it. Trust. Just try it. Yeah. Try, try him. He is not afraid for you to try him. Well, that is right. That's the great thing. That's the all great that. thing. His uh, promises are yes and amen, which means so be it. That's right. That's hey, good stuff. Man. It's good stuff. Been a great day. Yeah. Thanks Been for sharing time. that too. That's a uh, hugely important. That's an awesome story. I love that story. Well, and there's so many of them in here. Oh, dude. Right. When people say, well, I don't understand my Bible. Well, that's because you're not reading it. <laughs> if you read it, you'll find some of the coolest stories that you've ever read in your life. And they are true. They are true. And they're relevant to your day-to-day. It's not some old book or some mythical book. It is the living, breathing Word of God. It's Jesus. And they're in there just for you. Just for you. In this moment, in this time. When we say, it's never seen it like this. It's the worst I've ever seen. Well, guess what? He wrote you a letter. He wrote you a note to tell you how to walk out. That's the best this is the best you've ever seen. That's right. So That's right. just just think about this, and we will close with this. Um, there, were, there will never be more dark that your flashlight on your duty belt can't penetrate. That's right. You don't have a flash dark. <laughs> you have a flashlight. So darkness never prevails. As long as there's light, darkness can never prevail. And you men and women, you are providing all of us with this light. So your your flashlight is enough light wherever it's dark. Yeah. Keep just keep turning it on. To overcome. That's overcome right. Now you have to turn it on. You, turn you can it hold on. it up and not turn it on. You, that ain't no help. You gotta turn it on. You have to enact Right. You've got to do it with Jesus and he'll he'll change your life. Wow. Strengthen you. Be the greatest cop you've ever wanted to be. Good stuff. It is. Thank you, man. Hey, my pleasure. And as we say all the time, we love you. There's nothing you can do about it. That's right. So um we bless you today. Uh talk 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 to talk to the Lord. Talk to him. He loves it when you talk to him. And then stop and listen. He'll talk back. That is right. so have a great day. Have a great shift wherever you are. Maybe you're starting your shift. Maybe you're in the middle of yours. Maybe you're about to go home. Be blessed. Go home. Walk in the house. Kiss your babies. Hug your spouse. Love on them. Shout. Clap. If you're going home, hug your dog. Scratch your dog behind the ear. They need a good scratch. If you have a cat, I'm sorry. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Pet your cat. Hallelujah. So bless you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Great day. Just try it. Just try it. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Rick and I trust that you heard something that will help your life. And if you believe that it would help others, please make sure and share. Like and subscribe and hit that bell so that you can be notified when the next podcast is available. God bless you and we'll see you soon.